question for both of you, Master Energy Healers. Uh, what is your advice when severing toxic cords that have been attached over lifetimes? Oh. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Now What. I'm your host, JR. And I'm your host, Helen. Awaken Now What is a podcast that illuminates your spiritual awakening and ascension. And we have a very special guest. She is a light worker, teacher of spirituality and meditation, an Akashic Records reader and trainer, an advanced energy therapist, a Reiki master, and host of the Soul Awakening podcast. Let's welcome Kat Fowler to our show. Yay, hey, Kat. Welcome, Kat. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So, Kat, I'm looking at all of your trainings and certifications, and I'm just in awe. Uh, what was your awakening like, and what inspired you to be the amazing energy healer that you are today? Um, well, I feel like there were levels and layers, kind of like an onion. When I was in college, I thought I was going to be um, a therapist and I was I was majoring in psychology. And then I took my first yoga class and um, I think at 19 and I had I didn't know what it was, but it was like a clear audience experience where I was like, it was very clear that there was guidance. I should do this. So then I was like, OK, I've just done all my, you know, four years of undergrad <laughs> thinking I'm going to move into a certain field. But I really felt called to follow that. So I did. So I did a lot of trainings. I trained with Dharma Mitra. He's very much on the classical end of yoga. And then I also, one of my mentors was Tiffany Krukshank, and she has a company called Yoga Medicine, which is very much on the therapeutic, physiological side of it, anatomical side of it. So I got kind of the best of both worlds. And then, uh, <laughs> then another awakening hit, you know, where I had all of a sudden, a lot of anxiety, a lot of um, just really anxiety was the main issue, like major, major anxiety to the point where I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I didn't even know. I didn't even think anxiety was real until I experienced that. And then I was like, okay, clearly I need to do something about this. And um, I'm very much a holistic person. I don't really follow a lot of the mainstream route. So I was like, let's try some alternatives. So then I went a little bit deeper. I was kind of guided to move into different areas. I did Reiki. I did energy healing. I magically found a book um, by Linda Howe called How to Read the Akashic Records. That really started me on that path. It it happened all very naturally. And I'm sure a lot of like you guys, and I'm sure people listening, if you're a very sensitive person who's also empathetic, meaning you feel others' emotions and you're intuitive, a lot of the times we're doing these things already. We just don't know how and why and like what's happening, right. but we're already doing all these things. And so it's kind of like, it's funny that um, for energy healing, you know, learning a lot of that, I was like, oh, so that's what's happening when this is going on or, oh, this is why I felt this way with this person, or this is why this happened in this situation. And it really helped 
um, me very rapidly start to heal what was going on um, with with my anxiety and whatnot. And then so it was just very, it was something that I felt like everyone needs to know because it's so basic. It's like, it's almost like personal hygiene that we're taught by our parents, like shower in the morning, brush your teeth, but get dressed, then go to school. It's like, no, we should also be setting our energy. We should be grounding. We should be shielding. We should be just taking care of our mind and our breath and our energy prior to going out into the world, but it's just not taught. And so then, um, I, I didn't seek it, but the book opportunity found me for the ultimate guide to energy healing. And it kind of just, everything started to flow. That was around 2019 or uh, 20 pre pandemic. Right. And then I finished it right as the pandemic hit right before. Oh, wow. And it came out. Yeah. Then, which I felt was like, wow, perfect timing. Cause like how needed is meditation and energy healing and any of these spiritual practices when we're all stuck at home <laughs> like, and we can't really do the normal things that we do. I think it was a really um, interesting time that it all occurred. So that's kind of the layers of how it happened. And um, I feel like no matter where we are, we're always still evolving. So we'll see what comes next. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, this, this stuff should be taught in schools. Mm-hmm. energy mastery because that's all this ener- just the universe is it's all energy mm-hmm. i was talking with helen earlier and i mean this may be a hard left turn but the killing off of these indigenous tribes that taught these foundations in your book it's so depressing at times because this, this this knowledge should be more accessible i mean they are like the original wisdom keepers and they're everywhere like the amazon i still like as an american it's almost infuriating to see how those that were native to this country are treated like it's just it's mind-boggling to me um and just the wisdom that they hold i think it was so threatening to those that don't understand it Mm -hmm. you know whoever doesn't if you don't understand something you see it as magic or you see it as you know something really dark or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's not what it was. Like they're just in touch with the earth. They understood things way better than we did because they had the wisdom passed down from them and they're always fully connected with the earth. They're not put in cities where they're, you know, in front of computers. And so I feel like we have so much to learn from those people. And I, I really feel like things are going so crazy in the world right now that eventually people are going to go running to people that are very much like that. Just, the original like wisdom keepers, like it's in their DNA and they, they have it. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you mentioned that in your book that you were a shaman in a past lifetime. Uh, do you have any details of where, uh, on earth you resided or what you practiced? It's interesting. Um, these aren't things that can necessarily be proven. Like there is, there are some studies out there. There was a scientist, I forget his name, Robert something. You can find it on YouTube. He did past life studies of children who came in with birthmarks um, in different places or maybe deformities. And they had memory of their prior family and the location. And there was case studies on these children where they would bring them to these families and they'd tell them everything about them. And then these families are like, oh my God, this is, you know, my past husband or whoever it was. So, you know, 
that in those cases that they're very lucky they're there for a reason i think they're there to help people believe in things like reincarnation Mm -hmm. um for me i feel it was in the americas i feel a lot of us where we were where we're residing now we all have karma with these areas Mm. so it's like for me i'm i'm in new york and i know like there was such a huge base in long island of natives um and so you know, it just depends. I've also seen different past lives where I saw like red paint on my eyes and I had jet black, very silky, straight, shortcut hair. And I was a young boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, I can't really locate exactly where, but what I can say is that I know as a person, I'm really interested in certain areas of the planet, right. like the Amazon, like different parts of America. And why is that? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. why would that be? And so for anyone listening, like you, without even doing a reading or anything, you can, you can kind of get an inkling of your own past lives, according to your own like proclivities, what you really love places that you're like, I have to visit this place. I don't know why I really want a vacation there. I really want to like go on a, a tour and expedition there. Um, and then also by what you really hate. A lot of times when we like hate an era of music right, or we right. from like a certain decade or we just can't stand a certain um, like type of dress, you know, from a different time um, or we just are like, I never want to visit that country. You know, there's usually a reason if we haven't had any experience with it in this lifetime yet. So. Yeah. I, it's not something I can like prove, no, you know, like, uh, we, yes, I was in this location, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I did know that that was one of my very first, that I didn't discover myself. I did an energy healing session that I was, I think 20. And when it happened and she was describing it, I saw it all very vividly. And I was crying for like three days straight because it was a big core wound that I was carrying mm-hmm. in this lifetime from that lifetime. And I, it was like pretty much unlocked in that memory me becoming aware of that and so that's when i was like i don't know you know what this is about but it's obviously something that i need to know at this time so yeah but a lot of people so many people are like i can't tell you how many readings i've done the people that come to me for readings typically have been healers or shamans or they were like what they would call witches or whatever you know in these times and they have these wounds that they're carrying around these lives or wisdom that needs to be activated. And it's not that I do anything except they just get a little remembrance of it. And so that's kind of where I, I don't, I don't walk around telling people I'm a shaman. Cause I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just want to be really clear with that. Cause it, there, that's something like, that's a real, that's a real profession that needs to be respected, but it, it is a definite like past life experience and memory that I was very moved by when I discovered it. Yeah, we had Simon Brown of the Past Lives podcast on uh, about a month ago, and uh, he's a past life regressionist, and he confirmed the same thing that you were mm-hmm. saying, that these kids would just speak about these past oh, yeah. lives and just give so much accurate information time after time after time again. And these kids were like three, four years old. There's no possible way in this lifetime that they could have you know, known that, but they're just recounting their past experiences, their past lives, and it's amazing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You've worked with several energy healers from many lineages and styles. Are there any method mm-hmm. styles, ideologies you've been particularly drawn to? Yeah, I mean, um, there's just 
it's it's all a blend. A lot of the big schools now have these practices have really just been passed down for many, many generations. Like grounding, for example, is really a shamanic practice. Can I say that X school owns that practice because they've taught it? No. Or like Y school is the one that's uh, taught it because they've TM'd it or whatever. They've copyrighted this method. So they own the grounding method, you know, no. So it's like, it's interesting. Um, With energy healing, I really resonate with a lot of those. My biggest love is yoga. And when I say yoga, I don't mean the physical yoga. I mean, the eight limbs of yoga, the meditation, the meditation practice, all the techniques that from the Vedas, that is to me, like the original energy practice. That's where chakras were first described ever, (laughs) ever, 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 ever. So like that for me feels, I, I love that. I also really love traditional Chinese medicine. I think that there's so much wisdom in that learning about the meridians, the body clock, um, so much with that. Um, also just shamanic practices, I think depending on where they come from can be really beneficial, but sometimes they can be extremely intense. Um, I don't, you know, practice, uh, plant medicine in that capacity, but, um, outside of that, I think some of their techniques and just how they connect with the earth, how they work with the elements and the directions and the sun and everything like that to me, I think is something that every human should have and know. So I, I really love and resonate with the very organic, ancient practices that are kind of the fuel and the foundation for where a lot of the newer stuff comes from. Um, I used to at some point really get into, uh, oh, you know, starseed this, starseed that. And I just feel like that isn't really where it's at. Like, I think it's really, you can kind of, you can go there. It can spin people really out of their center. And it's yeah. really important to bring yourself back mm-hmm. into the body. And that's why I think like the basic, very simple energy healing practices that work with the earth and work with our physical body as it is, where we don't need someone else to do something for us are gold. So that's, that's kind of where I come from, which is definitely a little bit more traditional, I think, in the, in the sense of the scope of where things lie. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That's amazing. Yeah. Helen is also a master energy healer as well. Uh, Helen, what was your training like? So I studied at the Four Winds and the teacher. Oh, yeah, shaman. Yeah. yeah. So the main teacher is Alberto Vialdo. It's cool that you recognize it. Yeah. And the tradition he teaches us are from the Cairo uh, in the high Andes, that lineage of medicine. The techniques are one called illumination, another called a soul retrieval, and then doing extractions, which I think is more of Alberto putting his own spin on the Carol's medicine, and then also destiny retrievals. Uh, So they're very powerful uh, techniques. My question, and I'm curious about is if you were to give the listeners like one to two practices for coming into our own center, what would they be? Well, okay. First, I, I want to share this because I think it's so interesting. So one of the very first 
energy books that I picked up was his Shaman Healer Sage. (laughs) And I love that book. And I remember I was like early twenties and I started to do the practices and I got to the mirror practice and I started to see different, you know, things shifting. And I remember I got so freaked out because I was like, ah, this is crazy. So I closed the book (laughs) and I didn't touch it for like two or three years because I was like, this is like, I don't know what that was. Um, And but it was so powerful, you know, because he's just teaching you. And from a book, you can like learn how to do these things. So that's so cool. And that's so funny, (laughs) like that, we, you know, there's that connection there. Um, But for two practices, I would say, first off, the very first thing is in the morning or when you're coming back from work or you've had a really hard day, um, this isn't difficult, but just simply calling your energy and your attention back to you is really important because like we tend to scatter out our energy and we can get corded with people and we can like with every every um, eye contact exchange that we have walking down the street, there's energy exchange there. Mm. And so I think it's really important, especially also after you come out of dreaming um, and or after you come out of a day, just to call all of your energy back to you. Just be like, all right, every aspect of me in time and space, wherever it is, let's bring it all back in so I can focus. So that would be the first one, like into the body, back into yourself. Um, because a lot of times, you know, I teach grounding, but if someone's super scattered, you can ground your energy, but that's not really going to benefit you if your mind's like, right. <laughs> and your energy literally is in many different places. So, um, sometimes it's as simple as that calling yourself back. And then for the second practice, I'm really in between grounding and shielding. Cause it, I think they're both valuable Grounding could be as simple as we don't even have to do energy work. You could just put your feet in the grass for five minutes, sit under a tree for five minutes. Um, and then shielding is just visualizing a bubble. Like it could be a golden bubble, whatever color really resonates with you that's vibrant and bright, just around the aura with setting the intention that your aura, which is your like your field, your biofield of energy around you, just setting the intention that you know, only the highest, most positive, most loving vibrations are within my space and all other energies can leave. And these two simple steps, I think, can make or break your day in the morning. And it's it's something like anybody can do. You don't need like special training or talent or anything like that. I was doing some of the practices, exercises in your book um, past few days, and I was noticing things coming up um, energetically. Of, of lower dense vibrations and lower frequencies. I was like, oh man, this kind of sucks, but, <laughs> but it's the overall benefits. The, the, what sucked was the, the, the feeling of the lower dense energies. And it felt like I was lethargic and anxious, but all, all it was doing was moving that energy out. Um, like how, how so when you were doing, like it would come up when you were meditating or uh, I was day? doing, I think it was the, one of the exercises with the solar star chakra. Um, and I was like moving light into each of the chakras and locating the blocks or the stagnant energy. And then I was moving it out. And that's what got me feeling kind of iffy the next day. But I was like, okay, those, those, mm-hmm. those techniques are working. Yeah. Whenever we work with energy and we just bring in a lot of light. And what I like about working with our own chakras is like, it's not coming from anywhere else. It's just our own energy that's coming in. Yeah. Um, when we get to a place that has some 
blocked energy, which is usually just an excess of energy that we don't need, or just old energy that we've held on to that's emotional or whatever it may be, or other people's energy that can happen too. Um, sometimes it's like it gets amplified as this light comes in. It's almost like you've had a room in your house and you just never clean this one corner right. and then you put the flashlight on it and you're just like, ah, ah and it's like exactly horrifying. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, oh no. And then, then you sweep it, take, you know, put a little effort and then it's not so bad. So that can happen. Yeah. I know for me that's happened even when I've gotten just acupuncture sometimes, like when you feel the energy moving and let's say like, let's say it had a blockage somewhere, I would feel it almost get painful for a quick second. Like it would hurt or I'd feel like a little bit strange and then it would pass because it was leaving. But sometimes that happens with energy healing where it almost amplifies the sensation for a moment as yeah. it's releasing. Right. Um, so that's, that's right. common. Yeah. I mean, it's not all like rainbows and roses all right, the time. Right. All the love and light thing. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does someone who experiences chronic allergies have a weak auric field? Oh, I love this question. It's funny to talk about anything health related in this like post pandemic era, because right. you know, everyone's like, did the CDC say this? <laughs> like, so I've had to be careful with what I say, but I will say that like, I really, really like the work of Louise Hay. Um, her book called You Can Heal Your Life is really amazing. And in particular, it resonated with me. I'm going to share my thoughts. This isn't like what is the universal truth or whatever. If it resonates with the listeners, take it. If it doesn't, leave it. Right. Um, but she says when it comes to allergies that she says when it comes to allergies that essentially what we're allergic to has a deeper meaning. Mm. It could be a past life thing. It could be something else. Um, like, for example, I knew a man that had an allergy to avocados. And when we went deeper, it was really an issue with his mom and the womb. They had some issues that went on in the womb and the avocado really looks like a womb. No way. Right? So isn't that like really interesting? What? Or when <laughs> yeah. Like, oh or God. yeah. So it's like, it's kind of interesting or like with like, if someone has an animal allergy, Sometimes it's because they've had some past life issue with that animal where they were attacked or they did something very negative to an animal like that. And then there's just, it's in the energy field. So that could yeah. be something that that's why sometimes people are born with things. On the other hand, what you're saying, like, I, yes, I don't know about allergies as much, but definitely like the common cold right. that happens when someone's aura is very depleted. Mm -hmm. I know in Chinese medicine, it's called like the Wei Qi and they, they have different plants that work with it that can strengthen and boost the different layers of your field. Um, and they say, you know, if you're, if your aura, your Wei Qi is low, then you're susceptible to wind invasion or like uh. you're susceptible to pathogens more, more frequently than right. if you had a very strong aura. Right. So for sure, I think for more acute things, then yes, the aura definitely plays a big, big role. Right. Um, but for longstanding things like allergies, there's usually a deeper meaning behind it. Right. And so I would always look at what it is the person's allergic to, and mm -hmm. then diving a little deeper with that. Interesting. So yeah. it essentially could be karmic resolution. In Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm allergic to cats. But I have two, oh, no. I have two cats. <laughs> um, you have two cats have and you're allergic? Cats. Yeah, they're my girlfriend's. Uh, when she moved in, they were her cats. But I don't seem to be allergic anymore. So uh, that's, that's interesting. 
these cats did you a favor. I know. <laughs> they were like, let's work this out, JR. <laughs> yeah, you resolved some karma there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when babies are born, are their chakras in perfect balance or are they imbalanced due to genetic imprinting? So the chakra system develops as the child develops. So oh, it's not man. like it's all intact as you come in. It's different right. stages of development. And that's why, um, you know, they're also with every chakra, we're learning a different lesson. Mm. And so it does really correlate with the child's lifespan up until really like 15, 16, um, where things get fully developed. Um, but okay. if you're like kind of talking about when people come in with ailments or predispositions with their health, um, you know, with the genetics at play here, what really is like the DNA, you know, but really just coding mm -hmm. in energy in mm -hmm. our system outside of beyond just the two strands. And where does that come from? Because it's really unlimited. And so for me, um, I believe the soul, we're talking more about the soul when we're talking about when people come in with certain things um, and, and their soul blueprint and that soul blueprint will affect the energy. So whether that'll be in their aura, right. their field, right. something in their genes that may activate at a certain time, I think it's a little bit, it's not like the chakras will determine that it's more like the soul energy and what the blueprint of the person is and what they have planned coming in and the karmas that they have that they want to work out. Um, or the the good karmas that they have that they are gonna you know activate those all set themselves up in the energy, but it's not a conscious thing that we do. It's all on the soul level, and that it's like soul first, energy chakras or a second, and that's right. kind of how I think that works. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, subtle difference, but right for sure. I like want to know what Helen's thinking with all of this because you have a background <laughs> in energy, so I'm like, I'm like, She's what is she? I want to know because it's from a very yeah, it's a very cool perspective, you know, so I want, I'm curious what you think about all that. Yeah, the chakras, um, well, the immediate thing I heard when the, the chakra question was like, there is some of, I guess it's not the child's though. It's like the mom's chakras can impact the fetus and the baby's chakra mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then, because the, it's like, the nature nurture there is a balance right between nature nurture um mm -hmm. so yeah the baby being born does have some effect on their chakra system even though they will have their own journey and development um <laughs> like that man and the avocados yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally and and part of that i i know too because of going like doing like you know some regressions i guess into the womb and feeling my own affected yeah oh my gosh so much happens in the womb mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we don't even realize how much we're taking in and on until we're an adult and we get to that deep stage of healing like you were saying and then you're like oh <laughs> you know a lot happens in the womb and a lot happens during the birth process too that's a big transition mm -hmm. for a soul to become you know, move into this world. So yeah, 100% what you're saying. Yeah. JR can speak to that personally, because he's a preemie and like the car accident too, oh. right, JR? Yeah. So I did a past life <laughs> regression uh, four years ago, four or five years ago. And when she put me under, the first question 
uh, she asked me, it was my experiences in the womb and she wanted to take me through the womb so she could heal whatever, um, dense energies was in there. And then I remember distinctly remember not saying anything. So she went on with the, the rest of the session. And at the end of it, when I was out of it, she told me when she asked that question, I was shaking my head like, no, like wow. I didn't want to go back in there. Um, cause my mom, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember shaking my head like that. Okay. My, I was born two months premature. My mom was in a car accident. So there's some heavy trauma still there. Heavy trauma. Wow. I've been reading some, some more esoterics and as it pertains to the baby being born and the baby being placed on the mother's heart chakra. And do you have any knowledge as to how long the, cause I mean, in traditional modern medicine, they cut the umbilical cord off right away in the esoterics that I'm reading. It can be intact for up to like three, four or five days. Is that true? Do you have any, any details or knowledge about that? Oh my gosh. Well, no, I, you know, I'm, I don't have any kids. I don't have any personal, like real experience in that, but I, I will say from what I've seen, what we do medically when a baby's first born, oh my it's God, it's kind terrible. of inappropriate. Right. It's inappropriate. And oh it's, it's like, it's, it's, I think very traumatizing to the yeah. child. Um, and that's why I think so many women are like taking back that power, whether it's even, even if it's going to a hospital or, or doing a home birth, they're still like educating themselves more on what they do and don't want happening. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can't really speak to that one cause I don't really have that personal experience, but are you kind of asking like, if there's, what's the purpose of like a mom holding the child? I mean, Andrew Bartz talks about how the, the baby can lay on the, should be laid on the mother's heart chakra for an extended period of time. I'm not sure the, the exact mm -hmm. amount of time, but he says, I think maybe a, a day or two before the baby is taken off so that the mm -hmm. mother, the mother infant connection can be developed through the heart chakra, which I, 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 I don't know, for some reason I resonated with that. And then he says not to cut mm -hmm. the umbilical cord and that it can remain intact after the baby has been born, which I don't, I mean, in today in modern medicine, I don't see that happening. Yeah. I, I wonder, you know, I, it's kind of like what happens in the wild. Right. They don't have someone come in and do all that right. stuff. Like when a giraffe is, you know, in the field, like it, it just, things happen naturally as they should. Yeah. And I think it's like about going back to that. As for that connection, I feel like I, well, what I know, and I don't have a child, I have a dog. So I, I don't mean to like, you know, I just, he's like, my baby but he's not yeah. you know, obviously yeah. we have as mothers there's a cord to your child that's there right. energetically all the time so whether the umbilicals cut or not that's just a physical representation of what you're born with and it is always there until usually they're old enough and then the mom can start to release that but that is like it's very rare that that's not there mm -hmm. the the energetic connection between the child and the mother from the moment of birth Right. And I know like that can also happen like my dog. I have one with my dog. That's the only yeah. cord that I keep all the time. And yeah. like, um, you know, it's a choice. Um, but it also just happened very naturally when you're in that role. So I I'm sure what they're saying, you know, they probably I haven't taken any time in depth to study that, you know, connection. But I do know and I've seen it in many readings and sessions that that cord is there like the same way there's an umbilical physically, whenever there's something physical, it's there energetically first. That was developed in the womb. It was there. 
So that's always there. And usually uh, as soon as the child starts to mature, then it starts to wean a little bit. Right. Unless right. the mom's a little controlling and then we have to work on that. <laughs> 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 Something beautiful that's not often talked about is that the fetus being nurtured and born in that mother's womb is also healing the mom because there's something the mom needs to heal in learning about being a mother. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, it goes back and forth. Yeah. I remember one of my mentors used to say how when we have kids and a lot of the times, you know, they'll have certain issues at certain ages. They, she usually would say that they are bringing to you the same things that you needed to work out that you didn't heal at when you were that age. So like when they're, you know, seven years old and they're having some issues in whatever capacity, it's because when you were seven, this was also simultaneously something that you were trying to work out. And mm. I remember thinking like, wouldn't that make perfect sense? Mm. You know how it's like teaching and learning, healing and being healed right. the whole time. Yeah, it's interesting. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, You explain that third eye chakra is the center where the ego is met and challenged and must ultimately be balanced to release the lower personality perceptions and see the world through the divine lens of truth. Just curious question. When someone awakens, is their third eye immediately activated? (laughs) No way. (laughs) I mean, that's like some people, I mean, there's many different opinions on this. Some people come in clairvoyant their whole life. They're since since children a lot of people say everybody is born clairvoyant and then it just gets shut down over time through societal rules and and you know everybody kind of checking each other and being like well that's strange this imaginary friend of yours is not real you know whatever right um but yeah i wouldn't say like it depends on what level you're talking if you're talking about like awakening meaning like, I think you just have, we have to get clear on like, what exactly is awakening? Is that like learning about the truth of who we are and the universe and this matrix that we're in and all of the stuff that we are living with that we don't really see until we see it? Or is it like enlightenment? Because if we're talking enlightenment and I've met many, many people that are enlightened, like in India, they're, they're yes, their third eye is always open, but they have by enlightenment, like they have realized God within mm. and that is, I think that's like true awakening, you know, minus what we would consider like, oh yeah, I've kind of had my awakening at this point. So yes, if someone's really like enlightened, then absolutely. It just, it's a natural process that happens. The energy travels up the spine. Mm -hmm. Each chakra starts to unlock. It's, it would have to happen. Are all people that are clairvoyant enlightened? Absolutely not. I've Mm -hmm. met some of the least nice people in the world were clairvoyant. (laughs) Some of the people that I met and some people were really nice. It just depends. You know, like I wouldn't say that's a judge on, on how spiritually evolved someone is. I think true like enlightenment is 
have you met God within? And is that permeating every cell of your being? And then that's just people that are enlightened. They don't care about that. And they don't talk about that. Like they, they don't even, they won't bring it up. It's not a thing. Like they almost try to play it down because it's something that they call like in yoga, in yoga, we call it cities, S I D D H I, or like a boon that you get from all of the spiritual practice that you do. It's like a little gift, but it's a, it's a gift, but it's also a, like a, what's the word? Um, a hurdle because it really boosts your ego. And then we get really stuck in that, like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can levitate. I can see through walls. I can, you know, whatever it is that people can do. And then they forget the true purpose, which is God within. And so that's why a lot of these, like, enlightened beings, enlightened souls that teach the practice of yoga or enlightenment or whatever it is, meditation, they don't even really go into too much of the psychic stuff um, because it's it's a, a distraction from mm -hmm. the truth within. Um, but it is a side effect. But um, is it the focus? No. So that's kind of where I stand on that. And, and with my experience with within this whole new age, metaphysical, spiritual mm. realm, I don't think that that's a marker of enlightenment at all right. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to someone's like being clairvoyant or not. Right. I think like really look at how kind of a person they are right. and that can tell you a lot more. <laughs> right. Great answer. <laughs> Oh, really great. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of emphasis on that lately. And um, it's kind of like, let's go beyond that and, right. and remember, like, why? What's the point of it all? Yeah, what's your thoughts on the New Age teaching spirituality about uh, Galactic Federation, uh, the channelings, oh. all that stuff? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, stay, I stay far away from a lot of that stuff, because I, I think what's important is to ask yourself, I went there, it's part of the journey, I went there. And I think where it's a it's an avenue of exploration. So no judgment on that. But I think especially when it comes to channeling in particular, especially uh, the one where the voice, the voice change, no. that for me is not, that's yeah. not, not okay. And no. you want to always be present within your body and your system. And I think if whenever with our huge scope that is new age, it's really important to look at, does this practice keep me in my power and keep me centered? Or am I giving my power away to some thing or some being or some teacher or some person and I'm just giving it away and I have no authority anymore over my own, you know, journey. And that can happen even as simple as like getting a psychic reading or something or channeling or whatever that is I, I, for me that's why in my book it's like a big mm -mm, I don't even I don't even go there because I just think right. it's just so um we have everything that we need within it's it's a lesson I had to learn on my own it was a big lesson I had to learn on my own when I was um I was working with some people that were very into those things and um I, I moved very far away from that and I really it, it taught me how important it is to stay centered and within and trust ourselves for our own guidance and not mm -hmm. something or whatever outside of ourselves. That's where I right. think things can go very astray. Right. And I think the biggest thing with new age that I wish was there more was the focus on the one true God and the mm -hmm. power, like almighty yeah. creator, whatever you want to call it. I know there there's a lot of discomfort with that word God because of previous religion, um, religious experiences for some people. So they use source. But I feel like God, whatever you want to call it, the creator, like there's not enough of a focus on like 
that's that's the main that's what we're here for that's we are just expressions of that you know we are here and that's what's emanating us that's why we're all sitting here and that's why i'm speaking and that's why you guys are speaking and that's why we're breathing like and i think sometimes in new age that's kind of like people forget that or they just don't want to mention that and that to me is also another big red flag so as much as i love the community because it's important like we're people that are aware of energy whereas in like people outside of that community think it's just nonsense so okay like it's great that we have that awareness but then we also have to remember to stay centered yeah. and not go too far out when it comes to some of those like practices and things that you know we can get into that's that's just my opinion on it but yeah <laughs> to piggyback off what you just said about mm -hmm. the channelings honestly it, it's just false light i think it's false light coming through through the body trying to, to assert their agenda on whatever it may be so I'm, i agree with yeah that. and that's what yeah i agree i i think it's important you know because i understand also knowing that we are from beyond just this planet and having that deep feeling yeah. and really wanting to honor that like i understand that i was that way too but then you also have to remember like after you, you probably got to this point or you will where you're just like well i'm here you know and and like why am i here now with everything and all the wisdom that i have you know and that's a question i think we're all asking ourselves in 2023 right. with everything going on right like oh my gosh like yeah. yeah um this is a cool little tidbit from your book the the left side of our body represents the divine feminine the right side of our body represents the divine masculine. Uh, our friend Laura actually confirms this. She's an electrodermal screening practitioner. And she says that whenever has, mm. someone has uh, issues with their left side of the body, she, she notices that they don't have a great relationship with their mom. And same for the right side on their body. Do you notice this in your practice? Oh, I think it. I totally. So yeah, I agree with what she's saying, but I also think it just extends beyond just the mother father. It's like mm -hmm. our relationship to our own feminine nature, our relationship to our uh, own masculine nature. Right. Like, and if people have trouble with those words, I know cause it's 2023, like there's yin and there's yang. It's like whatever you want to call it, but that, that feminine, dark, like mm, introspective, quiet side. And then the masculine, bright, active, you know, intense, loud, um, side. And yes, for sure. I think that's always when you're working with the body, that's always a good thing to notice. I know like right. if you were working with an acupuncturist, they would, if you, if all the needles that they put in hurt mainly on your one side, your left side that day, then your yin channels clearly were blocked and they needed some assistance. And that's why the needles kind of we're a little bit tighter that day. Um, and so it's the same with energy healing. It's the same with what you're saying. Um, for sure. Yes. That's awesome. I think also it's like, I know it, it could go beyond just your mom, your dad, yourself. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I've seen in energy healing, like someone will have energies kind of stuck, you would say like in their left thigh. Mm. And then that would be like, two or three girls from elementary school that they had problems with, <laughs> you know, mm. like, oh, so things like that can happen. <laughs> um, so it could go beyond just the parental um, right. and it could go beyond just ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. To, that was a fun little nugget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love this in your book. You explain the, the, uh, so I've been trying to find an explanation for the spirit chills. 
the spirit chills. Like, you know, when oh. you, when you get like mm -hmm. that, that yeah, those yeah. chills of out of confirmation, you explain it so mm -hmm. perfectly. You said that this is a crystallization of the etheric DNA happening when your soul resonates with something that it, ha that it has heard or when your spiritual energy begins entraining and vibrating with a higher frequency energy. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I've been trying <laughs> to find a clear, concise description of that for so long because when it, even through my own daily prayers and, and affirmations, I'll get those chills just like constantly. I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't really know how to explain it, but it just, it's a confirmation of, of the words that I'm speaking. And so you kind of just detail it perfectly. Great. Well, I want to thank the Akashic records because that's where I got that definition. From. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some things that uh, like I wanted writing the book. I wanted it to be very clear and oh, very yeah. concise and so there were certain things that I would go in and just double check or get a definition for. Um, and so that, when I hear you say that, I'm like, yes, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely higher wisdom coming through. That was right. from the record. And just yeah. so clear and concise. And you did it with, <laughs> with another thing too. It's the, the, the downloading of light codes in the ringing in the ears. I've mm -hmm. gotten those for the past few years and I could not find a clear, concise explanation as you, as you put in your book. Um, for me, it varies between very high pitched and almost piercing to the point mm -hmm. where I'm hunched over to to very subtle. Yeah. To very subtle, but still deafening. Like I'm underwater. Do you know the differences between the two? Here's my theory. I feel in the right ear tends to be something positive in the left ear. Cause that's young and the le uh, left ear it's negative. Mm-hmm. Not that it's like negative as in like, oh, it's bad, be worried, nothing like that. But more as in like, if if I've ever felt something in the left ear, I'd be like, okay, it's time that I changed my vibe. And usually that would happen when I was in like a bad mood or if I was complaining or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then to me, the left ear really felt like, okay, let me reset, <laughs> hold on, <sighs> start over. The right ear, I feel that usually has happened when I've been, been in moments of meditation, I remember very distinctly in certain forests, like I just go to a certain spot in the forest and be like, Dee, and just start to come in. And I'm like, okay, mm. we're just gonna like, let this flow. Um, so that's how I take the downloads in particular. But I also feel that um, it's nice when they happen. I've noticed personally, maybe this is just me, that it's happened less and less and less and less and less for me. So um, I think like they come in when we need them. Maybe this is something that happens to people like in the beginning of the awakening phase. Mm. And like, it's just, it's like packets of info that you're just like, right. yep, let me right. take this in. Let me take this in. Um, but I think, you know, once you get to that point, then it's not needed as much. Mm. Um, but, you know, yeah, I do also know, like, I, I try to remain balanced in the sense that like, if that at some point it was happening frequently and I remember being like, let me look into this because I want to make sure it's not tinnitus. And then I would supplement right. iron for myself, you know, so I think, um, you know, just for anyone listening, like remaining balanced with that. So it's like discerning for you, whether it's something that you feel is spiritual and that, you know, is under control or if it's something that you should actually like, you know, look into. Um, but that's kind of my thoughts on that with the left and the right. And I know I'm following more of a yogic tradition. That's kind mm -hmm. of Vedically what they say as well with meditation and hearing and different meditation techniques, like hearing um, 
sounds and things like that, usually they kind of want you to lean towards the right side. I'm going to share with you a little bit before we started recording. I felt this like mm-hmm. I heard a little bit and felt something go from my like right to left. It was very different from things I usually hear. So that's neat. <laughs> Are you clear what audience? It, what it sound like? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a tend toward Claire audience. Okay. <laughs> what did it sound like? If if you want to share, I mean, it was it was a nice tone. I don't think it was like <laughs> <laughs> anything strange. The I think the thing that was weird was that the pressure was with it. That was new. So yeah, I find yeah physically feeling it. <laughs> the pressure for me um, I, that tends to be like a frequency change. Like I will notice like when there if it's like a pressure that shifts in my ear, mm-hmm. that's when I just up leveled or there's something that shifted. And usually for me right. and also temperature changes too. Like when I'm getting really warm and hot, which I am now, or whenever I do sessions, like I'm always sweating during sessions. I wear t-shirts most of the time because I'm just right. like, all right, I'm just gonna be sweating. It's just what's gonna happen. <laughs> it's because we're running a lot of energy. Right. You know, High so we're warm, we're very warm and um and the the temperature the pressure will shift so yeah that's definitely that's usually a good sign you know you should feel good if if you don't feel good then looking into it would be good but like if you feel good when it's happening and you're just meaning like you feel safe and you're like oh wow this is cool then yeah (laughs) i only have a few more questions left uh i want to talk about water programming do you program Mm -hmm. your water every day is it essential in your practice let me no i don't do it every day but i should i wish i i wish i did i, I need to be more diligent about yeah. that you, you, yeah, as you, you're saying that dr emoto's oh, yeah that's it right there it's one of the best books on that you can also find him on youtube and just watch those experiments but like to me i think why, why it was really important to bring that up in the book is because we're 60 to 70 percent water right so when we look at it that way and there's proof that our vibrations and our thoughts and our prayer particularly prayer and, and what we speak has an effect on water and plants in front of us. Mm-hmm. Then we have to remember about us <laughs> and our, even when we don't physically verbally speak, but what we think has an effect on us. Yep. So that's, that was really why it was very much it had to be in the book. But a lot of what I spoke about in the book came from Dr. Dr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what his work is just Amazing and fascinating, and just the pictures—the the pictures that are circulating all around so, social media about his, the, the molecular structure of water—it's—it's it's really interesting. It's crazy, right? Just the words that you can speak to the water and how it can actually change and, and shift its frequency and its programming. Um, what what do you say personally to your water when you do program it? Well, when I usually it's when I'm taking the water from my the filter tap and I that's when I become conscious of what I'm thinking and so sometimes when I'm pouring the water I'm like okay I have to do this and then I have to walk my dog and then I have to go run this errand and then I'm like hold on hold on <laughs> and then I go back and I'm like there's love there's only love present anything with love I think is very beneficial and I'm like this is full of love this is full of love because you know it's especially also if I'm filling a pitcher that I'm about to share or you know or a tea kettle that we're about to share and so if i ever do that and i'm not thinking positive thoughts then i allow that water to go to the plants and i'm like 
please take this and <laughs> alchemize it. <laughs> but, and then I'll re redo it and I'll be like, I'll, I'll think positive healing. Like, you know, this is full of love or only, and you do this with food too, because food contains, everything contains water on this planet, really, for the most part, that's organic. And so I'll do that with food too, just making sure it's, right, it's right. positive intentions and really the energy of love or set the intention that it heals you or whatever it is that really is coming to somebody like, there's joy in this cup. <laughs> when I drink this water, I will feel more joyful. And right, it may sound right. silly to someone, but it no, really yeah. does. There is an effect there. Yeah, yeah. those are some of the things I say when I do program my water. I hold it. I say, this this water is full of love, um, gratitude. I'm thankful for you and drink it. Um, yeah, I should incorporate totally. that more too in my daily practice. Yeah, same. A question for the both of you, Master Energy Healers. Uh, what is your advice when severing toxic cords that have been attached over lifetimes? Oh, do you want to go first? Oh, okay, thank you. Um, first, I have strong opinions about saying severing or cutting cords. Like, the violence doesn't need to be there. Like, I, I like to call them... <laughs> I like to call it yeah. a dissolution or an alchemy. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and if it's necessary, you know, it's, it's something that I find very um, healing and very, like, it's an honor for me to do that with a client um, because it's changing your whole understanding of yourself and your world. Um, and if they're ready for that, then yes. But if not, <laughs> you know, you got to suss that out with your client and make sure that, you're then guiding them toward the right love and compassion healing that they need. Yeah. What do you think, Kat? Totally. Um, yeah. Cause if they're not ready and the healer for their own sake and their own ego is like, I can remove this. I can remove anything. And they take it out. It's going to come right back. Right. <laughs> Give it a day. Right. <laughs> Give it an hour. <laughs> like really it's, it's, it's kind of funny. And it's also for the people doing it to themselves. If they're doing, you know, these cord removals because it's so like popular now and, you know, there's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, they they do whatever. If they haven't finished that contract, if they still have karma with the person, if they still have lessons that they need to learn, it's going to come back. Yep. You know, you can't just erase like the things that you came here to do by removing a cord. When it comes to like cords that have been there for lifetimes, those are difficult. They can be tough. And that's usually because they came in with that lifetime. There's some unresolved stuff that they needed to work through. And then you come in and then you have this relationship with this person where maybe it's a hook or maybe it's a cord or whatever. And um, you feel like you can't get rid of this person or it's abusive or it's like, you know, whatever. It's a very, usually it's a very difficult relationship if it's something that's like lifetimes, because you can have relationships with people and have karma and not have cords. You can have also relationships with people and have cords where you really shouldn't have them mm -hmm. as if one party's feeling a little bit too, you know, um, pushy, uh, you know, that can happen for me. I've had them released and I've seen them released and they've released. I don't even want to say I've done it, but mainly in my records work, when someone has learned the lesson and then they've understood the higher purpose of the relationship or for a lot of women, they have understood that they no longer are going to give their power away. And then from there, they're like, okay, I don't need this anymore. And then I find I don't have to do anything. Like I'm not taking a crystal and whatever. And like, you know, um, 
doing any kind of cutting or anything like that, it just starts to dissolve and release. Mm. However, I will say like there is benefit too when you work with a lot of people, you can just do a clean sweep at the end of the day before you go to bed and just, or after, you know, you have like client sessions or whatever, where you, there's an exchange of energy. If you feel like there's still energy there, that is valid. But then you also be wanting, you want to be filling up that space, filling it up with good positive energy. So there's no opening there. Um, but with the lifelong cords, a lot of the times it's karmic. A lot of the times there's a contract and a lot of the times it just takes the person to have that aha moment and realization of their own power within, or this was the higher purpose. I understand the lesson was forgiveness here. Oh my gosh. I forgive this person. I forgive myself. Thank you God for helping me with this. And it's just gone. Like that, that that's why this happens to humans that know nothing about energy healing all the time right. when they do their own interpersonal work and it just happens automatically. So yeah, it's a nuance. It's like a very complex right. topic. And I, right. I agree right. like with what, you know, Helen was saying. Absolutely. Um, I think also like the whole, like, yeah, just rip it out. No, <laughs> you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that at all. You want to have care, you know, you want to do it with care and you want to make sure that there's, it's whatever space that you're releasing it from is now filled up because that there was a, there's a void there. If there was a court, you know, there for a long time, it's going to need repair. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answered. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you even mentioned this in your book that when that, cord is removed, dissolved, whatever that other person will notice. Mm -hmm. Yes, they will. And a lot of times I'll even kind of warn the clients, like you might hear from them within the day or two. <laughs> right. And right. if you do, then this is your opportunity because they're also, you know, energetic beings, they're spiritual beings having their own experience. Then it's your opportunity. If this is something that you really, you know, are done with and complete with to withhold those boundaries you put the energetic boundary down, you created the separation that's neutral and beneficial to all. So when that does occur in the physical, it's almost like when we say, I'm going on a diet, and then someone brings cookies into the office. It's like <laughs> that kind of thing. It's like, yeah. you know, I feel like God's right. kind of like, are you? Are you ready? So it's like, <laughs> it does happen. The person that's always been usually receiving the energy and the information from the other person, now it's gone. So they're like, whoa, what is this absence wow. in my life? And then so they're, they don't even know why, because usually the other people aren't really that aware, but they're like, something's off. I need to make sure I reconnect immediately because I need that source that I was getting, you know, information and energy from. And so then that's um, usually why the second party will reach out the next day or, or that night or whatever, if they're sensitive. And then that's the person's opportunity to, are, are you going to go forward with what you said, where you're your own whole being and you don't need to constantly codependently share energy with someone where it's not beneficial to you anymore. And then they make that decision on their own. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Amazing words from Kat Fowler. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, last question. Um, what was your toughest lesson to learn on your own healing journey? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I think the hardest lesson was after all the new age stuff was what I speak of the most, which is coming back within mm -hmm. and really turning to God in moments of need, not in a religious sense, like, like I'm a particular religion, not, nothing like that, but in the sense of like, 
there is a higher power. How did I forget? You know, like, how did I go so far as to think I could take things and and my uh, success in life without this power that's been helping me and, and emanating everything that I do my whole life? And I think that was the hardest lesson because when I was very disconnected from God is when I had the worst anxiety and I had depression and all these things. And, um, and it was really, that was like, it was the hardest thing, but it was coming back to God and really like remembering that, like, it's not all in my control or my hands, you know, I think something that sometimes we really kind of lose track of in new age is like, well, we are God. It's like, yes, we are fractals. We are a portion. We are not the supreme creators of the universe, like Mm. on our own here. Otherwise we would all be millionaire, bajillionaire, you know, (laughs) doing whatever we want. Right. Like, let's get real. Like (laughs) we're not, we're, we're we're parts of God that are experiencing life. And I think when we forget that there's that main one true God, whatever we want to call it, source creator, um, that to me, that was my biggest lesson. I'd say, especially um, even over the last few years, it was the hardest because it was the most painful when I was disconnected from that connection. Mm -hmm. And it was um, very comforting when I became more connected. And I felt like I can also really embody what I say um, once I became connected to that. And I let go of a lot of fear. I'm not saying I'm fearless um, by any means. I definitely have my things (laughs) that I get scared of all the time, but it took away a lot of the fear that was, you know, I think, especially within the new age can happen. Um, and, and why people seek out certain things in new age is because of fear. And I think, so for me, when I really developed that relationship, it made me just feel a lot more peaceful around the outcomes of certain things, um, than before. So, yeah. (laughs) So we've reached the now what portion of our episode, Kat, what other, or what final words would you like to leave the audience with? Uh, I would say that training and education is very helpful when it comes to these things that we're talking about, like energy healing, uh, meditation, Akashic records, but it's things that are innate to every single one of us. It's, it's literally innately held within our DNA. It's an innate skill that we have to be spiritual beings. It's not something like some people are more spiritual than others. It's just that those people have tapped into that aspect of themselves. So for anyone listening, just like to know that it is so the art of energy healing, the art of meditating, doing deep breath work, doing, having amazing insights come to you in meditation or any of these um, gifts that we were talking about, like psychically, it's innate within all of us. The potential is there. You don't need to do too much effort to receive these things and to be that. It's really about coming home to yourself and really it's, it's all within, inside. The more you go out, the further we can become lost and the more we take it back in and we meditate and we just sit in stillness, the more of these things start to come to us naturally. So it's available to everybody. It's innate in all. No one's like greater than, more special or less than. And it's something that all you need to do is find stillness within yourself, which can be really like the hardest practice on the planet, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially with everything going on yeah. with like collectively. Yeah. Um, but then everything else will come from within. So that's that's my main last message. Really, really beautiful. 
So beautifully put. Cat Fowler, everybody. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. It's been so fun. Pat, where can the listeners find you? Uh, my website, uh, nice and easy. It's just catfowler.com, uh, K-A-T-F-O-W-L-E-R.com. And I have Instagram as well. I think the clapping woke my dog. Like, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Like sniffing and hugging his <laughs> <laughs> Hey, for the listeners, please buy the ultimate guide to energy healing. Honestly, this provides a, a, a foundation for self-mastery. So thank you for your work, Kat. It's been, it's been a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave a positive review if you'd like. I'm your host, JR. And I'm your host, Helen. Join us over on Discord so we can talk more about energy healing. Till next time. Till next time. See you guys. Thank you.